Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. He's to the 45. He's oh, to the 50. Oh, no, he's not. No, he's not going to plant it in midfield of the O, is he? Wow. Yes, he is. Rattler again to throw it. Steps up in the pocket. Throws it the run. Alright guys, welcome to the Oklahoma Breakdown Podcast, brought to you guys by SB Nation's Crimson and Cream Machine. I'm host today, Kami Amarabi, and joined by my co-host, Stephen Brown. Stephen, how's life? It's good. I had, the, I had the day off, kind of, and working from home, so it's been a nice little break. On your day off, do you Jack tend... Skipping out again. Jack always skips out. He's a, he's a busy man, though, you know? He's, a, he's, he's got a, all those tanning a, beds or whatever in his house. Yeah, he's a he's a very busy guy. Um, on your on your days off, do you just do nothing? What do you do? Uh, I do a little bit of social media stuff uh, for my business. Play some video games, go run, that kind of stuff. Nothing too crazy. Nothing Today's too, too crazy. hot to run. run, run. Yeah, it it's not that bad, you know. My. Uh, my my trash guys didn't didn't come today, so that's great. I don't think my mail person came today. I always felt I always feel like that as an adult, if I miss trash day, I have royally screwed up. <laughs> oh yeah, it's game over. Yeah, especially especially if like I really, really, really needed to actually get trash taken out. Like, you know, like you can, you can, you can go one week without it, especially if you have two trash cans. Yeah. Oh, man, if you go, if you go like two weeks without doing it, oh, if there's I'm like food in there. Screw- yeah, man. You're screw- you are screwed. And it's, yeah, it, it's, it's a bunch of fun, but anyways, Let's talk about a couple other things. Uh, there's a lot to talk about. I mean, the Big 12 media day polls came out. Oklahoma got several commitments. Uh, things, I don't know, there's a lot. Jake Taylor commits to OU. Uh, he is a Bishop Gorman guy from Las Vegas. He had offers from pretty much all of the major offensive line universities in the U.S. between Alabama, OU, Notre Dame. He chooses OU. He puts on a golden hat. What do we get from Jake Taylor? Jake Taylor's a guy that 
I think uh, a lot of pl- or a lot of people are really going to like just because it's a very obvious mean streak in his game. I mean, he's a guy that really he's not there to block you; he's just there to kick your ass. So that's something that I think a lot of OU fans have noticed has been missing from the offensive line. I think Jake Taylor brings that back um, once he gets on campus. And he was man, he was really excited. On, on the stream on the, on, on, <laughs> CB, on CBS, he was like really, really killing it. Uh, he's uh, he had like five edits out there, which I thought was impressive in its own right. And uh, yeah, I agree. I, I think that he's going to bring something else to Oklahoma that they again haven't had in a while. And they're getting these big time, big name offensive tackles. And, um, I mean, it helps that he's from Bishop Gorman, helps that Lincoln Riley may try getting back into Bishop Gorman. I mean, DeMarco Murray, Murray, yeah, the dude's there. And he's been one of their best prospects, I guess, to come out of that prep school from, you know, Bishop Gorman to college, to the league, back to college. And so it's interesting to see how that works out. And, and so Lincoln really has established kind of footholds in the – you know, D.C., Maryland, Virginia area, which is really, really nice for Oklahoma on the East Coast. They've always had kind of that SoCal connection. They've had some dudes from Miami and Florida here and there from in Southeast, like in Georgia, Florida, et cetera. Uh, can they deliver Tulsa? Like, let's say like Mike Atis in 2023, <laughs> you've got um, – You've got Gentry. You've got uh, who am I overlooking right now? The defensive lineman from he he was at Edison, but now is at Memorial. Oh my gosh, you just caught me on the spot. Um, is it Chris? Uh, what's his name? It's not McClellan, over Chris McClellan. 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 Yeah, that's what sorry. it is. It's it's, an, it's another McClellan. That's usually not. A I good don't think sign. that's really a Tulsa thing. He kind of transferred around. Yeah, but I mean, he was a he was at Edison then Owasso. That's true, but I, don't, I but, mean, I don't think Oklahoma's just struck out on Tulsa altogether. I think they just had some bad luck in recent years. Um, you know, talking to some of the coaches up there, they don't seem to have any sort of hard feelings against OU. Do they just think that you know they've had some bad luck? Um, obviously, when you're recruiting into Ohio State with DBs, it's going to be a hard win, especially when. Your track record at Oklahoma is almost, you know, nothing as far as NFL production. So, I think they'll get back into it. Man, it's. I think next year is pretty big. I think the state of Oklahoma, it, gosh, the state of Oklahoma's talent over the next few years has an opportunity to be really, really special with those dudes from Bixby. Owasso's getting big. Union's always there. Jinx is always there. Broken Arrow gets big. Uh, and so I'm, I'm really curious to see how they deliver. I wonder if, I mean, right now, your gut feeling. Does Gentry Williams end up signing with OU? I think he does. And it might uh, it might be one of those things where he either takes a, a commitment to USC or maybe just takes a, an official visit and people get really worried. But um, I think Oklahoma's right there with him. I think the USC stuff is a little bit overrated at this moment um, just because I think when you look at Gentry Williams, obviously the family connection to OU is big. Um, Oklahoma's record on defense is getting better and better. And then if you go to USC, they really haven't done anything in recent years. It's true, but man, they can—they have so much to offer regarding 
NIL stuff, I feel like. Do, do you feel like USD, and this maybe this is a question for a future podcast, do you think USC, schools like that, um, and maybe even Stanford and Palo Alto, they have a lot to offer from the NIL perspective, considering that they are massive cities on the West Coast that can offer a ton of benefits and random, um, I guess, uh, sponsorships, if you will. Right. Do you think they will really reassert themselves in the college football scene? I think Stanford has a better shot than USC. I just don't think the USC fan base is there for them to really drive those those uh whatever you know endorsements you know to the point where you know stanford could um i just don't think there's much much motivation behind it and that could change i mean usc used to be a very very big program and then died off pretty quickly after Pete carroll left but uh i mean i don't think usc is going to be a huge threat with an nil right now how how many games does usc win this year do you think well, they, they're on the up and up a little bit, but I don't think they win, you know, maybe seven, seven, eight, like that. Wow. I'd be thinking about eight believer. or nine. I'm not a big believer in USC. Is there is there a reason why you just, you just hate them? Uh, I just hate them. Also, I mean, Clay Helton's still there, isn't he? He, he is, hasn't really he done is. much, so. That's interesting. Um what about Oklahoma and, and Louisiana prospects? Has Oklahoma, because Oklahoma, for the longest time, they have gone and recruited Texas very well. They've recruited, you know, dudes from Tulsa occasionally pretty well. Uh, dudes from Arkansas regionally getting some gems out of Kansas. Um, they might, and they've had the SoCal connection for a while. Now they're getting into the DMV area, Dallas, Maryland, Virginia, which is fantastic. Those are things that they didn't have under early Bob Stoops. Um, they're, it looks like they're trying to now get back into Las Vegas, Bishop Gorman. Has Oklahoma abandoned Louisiana after they – because remember they, they took like three guys from Louisiana in one class, and I don't think any of them panned out. I'm talking like Arthur McGinnis, one of his teammates – that they all just like they did not go well together. Did you think yeah, I mean, Adrian really Ely was probably the best? Oh, that's right. I forgot Ely was really day. hasn't done too much, um, at least on the field. So yeah, I mean, they've kind of struck out on Louisiana. And I think you know the better prospects in Louisiana. You have LSU and Alabama, Georgia recruiting that pretty heavily. So um, you got to play your odds elsewhere. And I think Oklahoma's really found a spot in the DMV area. Um, where they can pull that elite talent where they're not going to have to compete with, you know, the likes of in-state schools, but also Alabama is there, you know, weekly Georgia is there, LSU, all those guys. So I think in the DMV area, I mean, you got Penn state, um, Ohio state here and there Clemson, um, but you can win battles against those guys. Okay. Yeah. That that makes sense. Right. And so I'm, I'm really curious to see, what this will look like in five years, let's say, you know, if the Big 12 does melt down, where Oklahoma's recruiting grounds are still will still be. I wonder if they'll still be the same. I wonder if they'll still expand because it's pretty clear Oklahoma has made a pretty large emphasis on the Baltimore kind of area, DC area. I wonder if North Carolina really changes anything there. As far as I mean, because Mac Brown's been recruiting at recruiting at a very high level. And I think it's kind of got some Clemson fans worried there because they're winning some head to heads. And I wonder mm-hmm. if that kind of trickles over. 
That's a good question. I didn't think about that. I didn't. I didn't. I haven't thought about North Carolina as a threat at all to Clemson. Oh, they're they're making up some ground pretty quick. Jeez. Well, things came out. Um, things that people love to talk about and maybe even argue about. Um, all the twelve teams came out for the Big Twelve. Looks from the media. You've got Rattler being the offensive player of the year. Gray's going to end up as the newcomer of the year. On offense, you have Spencer Rattler, of course, Jeremiah Hall. Um, you've got Marquise Hayes and Wanye Morris and place kicker Gabe Burkich. Is there anybody missing from there that you thought maybe got snubbed? Not really. I mean, you could say... Not a Mims? I don't know because Mims is pretty good, but I don't know if he's he solidified himself as as that top tier guy yet. Okay, so I think it, I think it's fine. I'm not I'm not a big question on the preseason polls, anyways. I think they're the best thing about preseason polls is that just is, it's a signal that football season is around the corner. So mm-hmm. I don't have okay. a big problem with this list, though. I think everyone on there is pretty deserving. I think it's interesting about Wanye Morris. I mean, his freshman year, he get he's a SEC freshman All-American. Last year, of course, it was weird in Tennessee played like I think a total of four or five games, and he did not get the benefit of the doubt in those games. And I don't even know if he started in all those games. And then now <clears> he comes to OU and it is a preseason, you know, all big twelve offensive team, which I think is interesting. Um, I don't really have any much argument on the wide receivers. I thought maybe Marvin Mims would get in considering he just lit up people um, on, on Lincoln Riley's offensive uh, side of the ball. But defense, I was really because when you go Isaiah Thomas as an end, Perry and Winfrey as a nose, as a defensive line, you have Nick Benito, who's kind of a linebacker-ish. And that's it for them on the defensive end. Are there any snubs here, or do you think that's pretty fair? You know, Woody Washington might be in consideration there, but um, again, they rotated him pretty heavily, so I don't think he got the uh, the respect he might he might get this season. Yeah, and I mean, it feels like there were a few guys that maybe were snubbed. Like I think we can all agree that Mike Rose at Iowa State is a Pretty solid choice. I mean, I'm pretty oh, yeah. sure the man was there last year too. Perry and Winfrey, they got that one right. Isaiah Dante Thomas, Stills. yeah, Dante Stills. I feel like that's pretty, pretty well and pretty fair. Nick Benito. I mean, I don't see, I don't, I don't understand how you couldn't put him there. The Hodges uh, Tomlinson kid from TCU is pretty, pretty good. I think a lot of people have been really upset about the defensive backs, uh, not even just about OU in general, but about uh, several other schools. I think uh, OSU, Trey Sterling, is that the name? Yeah. Uh, he they, he, and they believe that he was snubbed. But I think that's really a really interesting kind move of view at it. Off that list, if I had to move one off. Say what? The Iowa State DB, uh, Greg Eisworth. Mm-hmm. I don't really think he's top tier guy. Is he the one that... Got ejected from the Big 12 title game? Am I thinking of somebody else? You're thinking of the uh, the safety. I think he's going oh, off okay. to the NFL. But he's the one that I think committed to Ole Miss and then was going to transfer out. I think, oh, you had a big part in that recruitment. And 
they thought they had a shot, but ended up at Iowa State. He's been there forever, though. Hmm. Well, the also the media also decided to rank the 10 Big 12 teams. I love that it's called the Big 12, but there's still just 10 teams. They ranked them uh, from top to bottom, and they showed you how many first-place votes each team would get, um, there are, which are, there are 39 of. And Oklahoma, of course, comes in first with 35 of those 39 first-place votes. And you go Iowa State, Texas, Oklahoma State, TCU at the top five. Does that seem right? Does that top five seem right to you? Uh, I think I might flip-flop Oklahoma State and TCU, but the other ones I don't really have a problem with. I think TCU's been pretty good this year. No Kansas? Or Kansas State, I mean? Uh, they have a lot to prove, especially they just have to stay healthy. So if they can stay healthy, then sure, they can be a top five Big 12 team, but they haven't really proved that in recent years. That's fair. And West Virginia, I'm always iffy on them. Sometimes they can be really, really good. Sometimes they can be just not that, that not great at all. Speaking of Austin Kendall's now at Louisiana Tech. <laughs> yeah, so I wish him all the best. See going down there. I mean, I think they know you play La Tech a couple years in a row, not that long ago. Yeah, it was their uh, what do you recall it? that that game where they pay him to come in? Yep, to get whooped. The non, but the non con will pay you several hundreds of thousands of dollars to come and take a beating. Yeah, yeah well, they've had some some decent players in recent years, yeah, but they have. no one crazy good. But a couple guys in the <laughs> NFL. But me. I know it doesn't matter. I know none of this, absolutely none of this matters. But I kind of care because I'm wondering who those four first place votes are for Iowa State. Because I go back and look at, you go back and look at OU. They have won the conference six straight years in a row. Um, They return a ton of dudes. I mean, like, look, OU, they were up double digits or about to be double digits, I believe. I think they were up by nine in Ames, and they, of course, pooped the bed on that one. I mean, like they did earlier in the season with Kansas State because they were young. Uh, and then they, of course, didn't have other players back like Ramondre Stevenson and Ronnie Perkins. And then they went and beat them in the Big 12 title game, and they also had a double-digit lead, and they just got super close at the end. Oklahoma returns 21 guys that have had starting experience, including their kickers and punters. Iowa State also returns basically their entire team. They have like 22, 23 guys returning. And so it's basically the same teams coming back. Oklahoma was far younger than Iowa State was last year. And so they have the most to gain uh, uh, athletically, um, strength-wise. You have a ton of young guys on OU's, on OU's team making plays last year. And they were still relatively in their high school bodies. And now you're going to actually get to have them go through a off season, or a spring and a summer um, of legit weight training and, and, and just like maneuvering their bodies to be where they can be successful. So I want to know why, and I want to get your point on, I want to get your opinion on this. Who are these, why are these four people suggesting Oklahoma should not be the first they should be second in comparison to Iowa state. Is it because Iowa state won the regular season that they uh, don't get a trophy for? Basically. I mean, they had that, they won against Oregon, I believe in the, in their bowl game, which Oregon, you know, had some injuries. Wasn't really a great program last, last season, but 
I think it's more where they're returning players. It, they're just trying to reason that um, basically the sum is better than the, the parts. So um, you have a lot of preseason, like uh, Mike Rose is a really good player. Um, the tight end, what's his name? Uh, Charlie Col- Kolar from, yeah, from Norman North. So they're missing, a lot of the, really other, good they're missing the other tight end. Yeah, I think they are. But, but um, I just but yeah, don't I mean, understand. It's just where ISU is a program that traditionally gives OU trouble, and maybe they finally get over that hump. It's, it's kind of like the same argument where can Oklahoma get over that playoff hump? Let's go ahead and put them there and see if they can do it. So, And then on the other hand, it just might be an Iowa State fan that just threw that vote in. See, like, I don't want to be the one to say it, but it sounds like some folks from Iowa State might be slipping those in because I don't think any rational person, after seeing what Oklahoma did, not just the last six seasons, but from the middle of last season to the very end, and in the returning, mostly everybody, including all the youth that's getting bigger, faster, stronger, and more, I guess, uh, more in tune with the schemes that Lincoln and Grinch are running. And then you're gonna be like, oh yeah, they're second best here. Like that's not how this works. They just they just won the conference championship. They they just beat the hell out of what Florida would call uh, their scout team, I suppose. But it, it's just ridiculous to me. But I mean, I expect those games to be called game day games as long as Iowa State oh, yeah. can beat Iowa and as long as they can you know take care of business in other ways because Oklahoma should be a very good team. Iowa State should be a very good team. Oh, did you see that? Did you see that Iowa State recruit that he committed and he was like, I can't wait to get sacks against Oklahoma. Did you see that? I did not see that. Which one was it? Was it a recent commit? Yeah, it was a recent commit. I don't even know, but I was I was like, why? Why is that the why is that the one thing you want as a headline when you commit to Iowa State? I want to get sacks against I feel like Oklahoma. someone else said that about Oklahoma. It was like an OSU player, maybe. Which it makes more sense if you're an in-state kid, but But still, like that's your that's your thing? That's your MO? I mean, it's sacks. just priorities in your program. One one's going for national championships, the other's going for sacks against OU. I guess, man. Sacks against OU. Like they want to, they want to get at Spencer Rattler and take away his Kane's money. I don't think so, Spencer Rattler is going to be there by the time this kid plays. That's probably pretty fair. That's probably pretty fair. Do you think Spencer Rattler is going to win the Heisman this year? If you had to bet on, it right uh, now. I wouldn't bet on it. I just haven't seen enough to say. You know, when I'm comparing it against, um, you know, the likes of Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray, I just don't see him on that level yet. Um, I think mm-hmm. he's a very, very good quarterback, but I just don't think he's taken that step into being a great one. So maybe he gets there, but I just need to see it before I can really, you know, throw a bet on that. Right. Yeah, that's fair. Um, all right. Anyways, we're going to go to a break for our sponsors. Um, they pay for this stuff. They let us do that stuff. So we're going to we're going to reserve the, the, these next three seconds for the sponsorship. So here you go. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. 
And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. This episode is sponsored by State Farm. Buying insurance can be complicated. And you might have a lot of questions, like, what if my policy doesn't cover that? Or, what if I need to make a claim in the middle of the night? Good news, State Farm is there for all your what-ifs. You can reach them 24-7, talk through any questions with your agent, and you can even file a claim on the State Farm mobile app. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Call or go to statefarm.com to get a quote today. Steven, Bitcoin Media Days, they're coming down the pipe uh, in the next week, I guess, a week and a half. Nick Benito, Jeremiah Hall, I think each team only could bring two players, if I'm correct. What questions are you asking? And you don't even have to ask questions to the Oklahoma <laughs> folks. You can ask questions to any of the other folks. But what are you asking to who? I think it'd be interesting to ask a Texas player what's going on there because there's been some rumors coming out of that program that not everyone's really buying into the Sarkeesian uh, era just yet. So I think it'd be very interesting to just take a question there and see kind of what that reaction would be. Interesting. I would ask Jeremiah Hall, how his head gets so bald. <laughs> how do you shave it that clean without kind of like, do, do you know, you know, like people shave. Maybe he's got uh, a laser thing. Jack might have one. He may maybe be. that's why he's gone. Maybe. Because I mean, dudes, dudes shave their faces and their beards. I mean, and, and women they shave pits and legs and stuff like that. <laughs> he has to. He has to cut his head, right? At some point, you'd think so. And wouldn't that? Wouldn't you feel like that would bleed more than it than not? Yeah, I think it's your, your uh, the veins in your head would would bleed a little bit more than, like, say, like an arm or something. That's terrifying to think about, actually. Especially like, if you play a game that day. Get some he, sweat in that thing. That would that would suck. He has to have somebody else do that, right? Yeah, maybe he's got a barbershop there. Or he just whacks it. They got a barbershop inside the uh the facility. That's right. That's right, they do. How bad would waxing your head feel like? That sounds excruciating. I would rather just go laser it, even if it's just like very ir- irritating the next day. Yeah. I would just go straight laser. What about Nick Benito? What would you what question would you ask him? <laughs> what was it like being recruited by Mike Stoops? <laughs> <laughs> what <laughs> Yeah, that's a good question. And here comes you Oki know? Tide for that one. Oh, okay. <laughs> But I wonder, I wonder what it was like to be recruited by like Mike Stoop, Tim Kish, right? Because uh, Tim Kish was part of that too. And Mike Stoop was kind of let it because he was more the the St. Thomas Aquinas guy. But yeah, because the 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 aura and the enthusiasm and just the overall like feeling is totally different from Roy Manning, from Kerry Cooks, from Tim Kish. Brian Odom to um, Mike Stoops to Alex Grinch. It's night and day 
their personalities, how they approach things, how they approach just, I guess, athletes. Um, I, I wonder if you're being serious, you could ask them like, you know, you came to this program pretty much at rock bottom on defense. And then you had this big transition in the coaching staff. You know, how has that been? What would you tell like an, a, a player coming, like a prospect coming in? What would you say to them? as far as like, what does this coaching staff offer compared to the last one? Yeah. Oh, that would be a great one. And I asked, I asked that to Kenneth Murray a couple of years ago and I was like, Hey, Brian Odom's your new guy. Um, how do you feel? And he, he was very like he, the guy right, be, right beside me. He was a Texas guy and he was like, why'd you go to Oklahoma? And Kenneth Murray was like, I wanted to win. He's like, that's it. Yeah. He's like, so you're telling me you went to OU just because you wanted to win? He's like, yes. And then that was the end of that. That was the end of that. That's uh, some big w- J journalism. Yeah, it was. It was fantastic. It was awkward. And uh, and I asked him that question. I was like, I wonder if he's going to one kind of answer me, one word answer me. And he's like, no, Odom's phenomenal. That guy's awesome. He really elevated me. And he's always there to talk to me and ask, answer my questions and yada, yada. So, I mean, I wonder, it makes me think, not a knock on Mike. I'm talking about positional coaches. It makes me wonder what Tim Kish was doing beforehand that linebackers are like, oh, I love Odom because he's willing to answer all my questions whenever to make me a better player. And same thing for Roy Manning and uh, uh, Kerry Cook slash Bobby Jack Wright. Right. I'm curious to know what changed. How are they operating um, with these athletes over under these coaches? I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I might ask Nick Benito how it feels to be so disrespected by by being like <laughs> number one in everything. And in, in wasn't he number one? Wasn't he an all American nationally, but not in the conference? Or they something like that. that. I know he was an All-American in several things and then could, couldn't could get that status either in the conference or something. The dude had killed it all along. Second for, team for, uh, AP All-American. And then was he even was he even an All-American in the Big 12? He was an academic All-Big 12 honoree. <sighs> oh, second team, though. Second team. Doesn't count. Can you imagine that? Isn't that terrible? Oh man, I bet it. I bet it. I bet it fuels him. But anyways, uh, I think Kennedy. The Brooks. biggest question might be, oh. you know, this has been the hot topic on Twitter: is will OU go to black jerseys, and how do they feel about that? Because like my I, Twitter feed is just full of OU black jersey edits. There are two classes of people. There are people that hate 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 change and they hate the idea that oklahoma may change their jerseys uh for whatever reason and there are people that are openly embracing it um what two groups have you noticed that oh there's always gonna be those groups of people like now we don't need jerseys jerseys are for oregon and oklahoma state it's just I, I don't get it because Oklahoma has changed their jerseys several times within the last, I'm not saying 20 years, but 
Oklahoma has changed their jerseys since they went to jump, man. Have people not noticed larger the logo? Yeah, people not yeah. noticed any of that. They changed the jerseys. And then, of course, they changed from the 70s and the 80s, and even the 90s when Schnellenberger was there. Uh, they had, uh, yeah, it, it was different. And, um, yeah, it's so in- it's just interesting to me. Now, I'd be, da- I'd be down for black jerseys. I'd be down for anthracite jerseys. I'd be down for, like, throwback jerseys, kind of like what they did in, with Jason White in, I think, in those 2003. Cool. Uh, those those, those uh, 55, I think, jerseys, they, were, they just they look just plain white pants red on the top and the triple stripes on the on the sleeves uh, shoulder pads yeah sure cool whatever a white helmet red stripe looks great sure when, especially when you're kicking the hell out of north texas i mean yeah, that's easy um kennedy brooks how do you, he gets no respect ever at all he's not flashy he's not a flashy guy he's not a flashy runner he just gets the job done was Rodney Anderson that flashy? Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, there's the moments. Um, obviously, the, the Kansas, the Kansas State, State run, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but he also had like like the the top end speed. Like you just see when he turns that gear. I don't really see that with uh, Kennedy Brooks. Hmm. He never really got caught from behind that often, though. No, not very often. I mean, I think there's one. Was it Kansas State? Maybe or. West Virginia or something like that. He got pretty close to a, a pretty long touchdown, but caught caught. I think it was the same game that uh, Kyler Murray came in mm. for that for that know. Baker play for the first series. I just know that this man last year, when you know, before we knew the pandemic was going to make college sports and all of sports really interesting and pretty pretty. Uh, just, I guess, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, not dramatic. It's just like off the wall. Melancholy. Uh, melancholy. That's a great <laughs> word. Yeah. Unpredictable. That's the word I'm looking for. But melancholic works as well. Um, Kennedy Brooks was going to be read by, of course, his PFF. The sixth best returning running back, uh, along with names with guys like Chuba Hubbard and Najee Harris, ahead of Trey Sermon, ahead of Ramondre Stevenson outside the tackles running and yards after contact, especially outside the tackles, he graded out the best out of anybody. And then of course he sat out because of COVID. And then this year they have him ranked as the number three returning running back. Eric Gray is nowhere on that list, mind you. So I just, I don't understand. He catches the ball. Well, He's a good blocker. He doesn't really run though. He's not gonna cut you. He's not gonna cut up and down the field to make guys miss. It's not sexy. It's not exciting. It's not fun. He's gonna hit the hole. He's gonna get to the edge and he's gonna plant his foot and he's gonna get up field. And that's really what he's gonna do. And he's gonna get you another thousand yard season. I mean, the man is a freshman and is a sophomore. Had thousand yard back back thousand yard seasons. He, he took a year off last year because of COVID. I just don't understand. I mean, especially with a team that with Bill Beatembo, they love the GT counter. They love to run off tackle. He is like a really, really, really great option for you there. Whereas Eric Gray, he does off tackle stuff. He's helping Eric Gray do that off tackle stuff. 
But Eric Gray, more of a between-the-tackles guy, he likes to go between the tackles and run straight to the second level instead of you know eyeing, 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 seeing the gap, hitting it. Um, I just think it's so interesting that people – like. I guess it, is it fair to say this is like an out-of-sight, out-of-mind situation? Yeah, it's like um, you go to a car show – you know, there's a pickup truck there, and there's a Ferrari. Which one are you going to walk to to see it? I mean, he doesn't do anything flashy. He just gets the job done. I mean, he does have the big runs here and there, but even then, it's just not like a, a wow moment. He just makes it look so mundane, like so pedestrian. Is Kennedy Brooks good enough to get OU a national title as a starting running back? Yeah, he's he's plenty good. I mean, he's not a bad running back. He just doesn't – he's just not flashy. All these haters, man. Um, let's talk about stuff that I talked about the other day. Mikey Henderson, now gone from the program. Uh, Trajan Bridges and Seth McGowan have been gone for a minute. Um, somebody else said that these guys, in particular Mikey Henderson, which I thought was interesting, missing would hypothetically, hypothetically, cost OU games maybe. Do you buy any of that? Not really. I think the biggest hit there is Mikey Henderson, but I don't think OU is going to lose a game because of him or because he's not there. Because I think Jeremiah Hall does a lot of things really well. Um, so, I mean, you look at Trajan Bridges, they had Mike Woods. You look at McGowan, they had Eric Gray or, you know, whatever running back you want to put in there. So, Trey Bradford. Trey Bradford. Yeah, right, right. So. Um, they've made up for those pieces elsewhere, and so in some places they may have gotten a little bit better. So uh, I don't really think they're going to lose a game because they they lost three of these guys. Like I can see, like last year, for example, Ramondre Stevenson and Ronnie Perkins. Yes, those dudes changed games for OU um, more so Ronnie Perkins than Ramondre Stevenson. Ramondre Stevenson that was just a grown ass man playing running back. And OU didn't have that in their backfield. And now Oklahoma has Kennedy Brooks back. They've got Eric Gray back. uh, They got Eric Gray to the fold. You've got Trey Bradford from LSU there. And then, of course, you still have Marcus Major going on. And so you kind of have a a different array of running backs. And then Mikey Henderson, to me, and this is what made him unique, right? He could play running back. He could play fullback. He could play the Jeremiah Hall role. He could play H-back. He could even line up kind of like a tight end slot guy occasionally on the edge of the line. Who knows? Like a flanker. Uh, He could do a ton of things. Catch the ball, block, run the ball, etc. And he could be a guy that's a really like a Swiss Army knife, but also really, really good, high-caliber athlete. But I don't think missing him will cost you games and but that's when people will say well but i said hypothetically i didn't say would i said it could well an asteroid could hit us right now and we would hypothetically be dead okay then why bring it up if you don't mean like is it just content season and people are just grasping at straws it's a little content season it's just like come on man that what a bad take like i trajan bridges is the most talented guy out of all three of these dudes but then they go and get Mike. Like, I like Mike Woods. Don't get me wrong. Trajan Bridges is shiftier. I would like him better. But Mike Woods is also a deep threat. He's what we want Charleston Rambo to be, I suppose. Um, 
But yeah, you're not going to miss Seth McGowan at all. I, I can just tell you that straight up. You're not, especially with the transfer of Trey Bradford and, uh, and Eric Gray, don't care. You've got Jeremiah Hall, Braden Willis, who played a lot more ball than Mikey Henderson as soon as he got healthy at the end of the year. Um, Austin Stogner, who won't always line up in that tight end role. He'll sometimes line up in that H-back role. Mikey Henderson's not getting on the field over those guys. This is a hit maybe bigger for next year. Right. And, and Oklahoma will have to hit the recruiting trail a little bit harder now because of that. But this year, no. I think it's preposterous. I think it's like ludicrous to say that. Am I? Do you feel like I'm going over the edge here? Or do you feel like I'm right? Like or no, I think or, or my right. somewhere in between. Okay. The only thing was Mikey Henderson. He's just hard to scheme for, but he's not going to be like an X factor to win you a game, especially a big game. When you win those big games, it's because you're better in the trenches. Mm. So if they lost a guy like Andrew Rame, um, you know Marquise Hayes, that would be a huge, huge hit to Oklahoma. But a skill position guy, I mean, they have those guys everywhere. It's true. It's very true. But anyways, that's all I have for today. It's going to be a relatively short podcast. It's Friday, man. We're going to go enjoy the day. Do you have any plans for this evening and the weekend? No, I got to work tomorrow. So I'm just going to chill. I'm supposed to go to like a housewarming party, but we'll see. We'll see how that goes. And in about one week, the, the second Space Jam comes out. And I'm not heavily anticipating it. I just want to see if it is garbage or if it's okay. I think it's me garbage. Because there's no the way. One. Yeah, there's no way it surpasses the other one, right? No, someone watched it the other day, like the the older one. They said there's so many like euphemisms in it and everything. It's it's hilarious. But today's world, they're probably going to tone that way down. They already toned down, uh, what's your name? The bunny. The bunny, yeah. So it's just like, what else are you going to take out of it? Yeah, that's right. People were angry. What's her name? It's not bad. Lola or something? Lola. Yeah, Lola Bunny. Bunny. People got upset because she no longer was an attractive bunny uh, that was athletically looking and pleasing to look at, which is kind of a weird thing to talk about, I guess. (laughs) Like, they made her look more, I guess, like like a bunny and less like a sexual bunny. And people were like, hey... (laughs) <laughs> Give me my sexy cartoon bunny back. It's a weird situation, man. I feel like I Mike know. Farrell would be like one of those guys that complains about that. 100%. 100%. But that's all I have. You have anything else to add? Uh, join the Discord. Yeah. And, and so I've, I've looked at what I've been doing lately for the folks listening. If you want to join the Discord, I literally have been putting the Discord link in the last 10 days. Um, putting the Discord link in the podcast description. So if you want to go join the Discord, just look at the podcast, scroll down, and the Discord link is right there. But yeah, you guys, follow us on crimsonandcrimmachine.com. You guys can follow us at CC Machine. Follow Jack when he's out of the tanning bed eventually. He better be super, super, super tan, like leather couch tan, I'm telling you. At J. Larry Shields. You can follow me at KMarabian CCM and Steven at updated SB. Like I said, um, you can find the Discord link in the podcast description on Apple, Spotify, wherever you will find it. And that's about it, guys. We'll check you guys later.